tonight, uh, we are going to be in Acts 3, and um, before we read this, just to give a little um, summary of where we've been. So we started in Acts 2 on Pentecost Sunday, and last week continued in that. Um, I told you that we would have that online, but that, that was a mistake. Actually, we somehow did not get the sermon recorded. I tried to put it online, but there was nothing there. So uh, unfortunately, Acts 2 is, is a mystery, but you should go back and read it sometime, and uh, it's good. Um, but to give you a summary, we started Pentecost Sunday, Acts 2, and uh, looking at um, what was promised through Jesus, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit among his people to dwell and, um, and for the first time to live in and through his people. And uh, Jesus said, wait um, until this day when the Holy Spirit comes. And in that day, you're going to receive power. Um, and you're going to be my witnesses. So there's this call. There was this um, uh, commissioning. Right? We call that the Great Commission. And, and so they waited for that day. And when the Spirit came, we see that, in fact, um, it was a sign and uh, in that day, Pentecost, uh, what was so significant was um, everyone from um, countries all over who uh, professed Judaism came for this event. And so we had, you had people from every nation in that place. And so there was a significant um, moment in, in that the Holy Spirit arrives in this occasion where you have people from all over the world, literally. Um, and we see the heart of God there. His heart is for everyone. And there's this, um, this word that Peter preaches um, when the people are confused and they're wondering what, um, what is this that's going on? Are the people drunk? Uh, are they out of their minds? What is it? And he, and he presents the gospel and he says, um, and, and the Holy Spirit has come and it's, and it's for you and it's for your family and it's for those that are far off. And that's really a picture of the heart of God. Uh, from the beginning, God has been pursuing humanity. And uh, in, in the New Testament, here we see that God uh, is, is fulfilling the ultimate design for this pursuit of humanity. It's going to be through people like you and me. But not just people like you and me. People like you and me, empowered and filled and compelled by the Spirit of God in our midst. And that combination is going to be the thing that establishes the church, that um, brings forth the mission of God to see people of every tribe, tongue, and nation come to know him. What a crazy plan, really? I mean, think about it. That is a crazy plan. You and I could not have come up with that plan. (laughs) Amen? Amen. (laughs) Some of you are like, well, I think I might. No, you could not have come up with that plan. Um, so that's Acts 2, and then we, we're told at the end of Acts 2 that um, uh, last week we spent time talking about what it looks like when the Spirit of God is dwelling among uh, people, and there's fellowship, and there's, um, there's um, understanding through the Word, and there's devotion to the Word, and there's unity, and there's sharing, and, uh, and then there's an increase. Those are all the things that came as a result of the Spirit of God in their midst. Um, so... There we are, okay, um, continuing tonight, Acts 3. And what I want us to um, talk about through this story of Peter and Paul and um, really they're going about their day-to-day, um, this moment where we see um, God move in their midst and, again, an increase in the church. Um, I want to talk tonight about 
this gospel and um, and this plan, this crazy plan of God to build His church by the Holy Spirit through people like you and me, so that the gospel will reach the ends of the earth. That's the plan of God, and that's what we see unfolding in the Book of Acts. I said last week the. Um, the book of Acts, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. I'm really not sure who came up with the title. Most of the books, I'm, I don't know where the titles come from. Um, but many have said, in fact, it could be called um, just as easily the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because we see when the Holy Spirit comes and He begins to move, these are the things that begin to happen. Um, and so the book of Acts is, uh, the, the Spirit, I think, is the central character, central figure. Um, and uh, we see unfolding with the church um, his work. Um, with that, we see that through the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming is to build the church through the spread of the gospel. To establish his kingdom, establish his people through the spread of the gospel. So that, um, in fact, what Jesus commissioned them would come true. That they would be his witnesses um, Near and far, all the way to the ends of the earth, okay? So that's the purpose of God's Spirit moving, is to establish the church through the gospel. And so the stories that we see that Luke shares with us in Acts are really that, the unfolding of um, the Spirit's work and the gospel spreading, okay? Um, So we we get this story, and it comes right after... um, This part, and I'll read the end of two because it's sort of a segue into it. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. All right, let's read this passage starting in verse 1. And we're going to read to um, verse 10. And I'm going to summarize some things from there. Um, so it says this, verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he, put every, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John Then Peter said to him, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How's that for prayer? (laughs) Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet, ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who, was, who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what, God, at what happened to him. Everybody say, wonder and amazement. All right, next time we do that, we'll, I'll make you say it like you mean it. <laughs> Wonder and amazement. All right. 
wonder and amazement. That was the response of the people, okay? So, so here's this moment, all right? And we're going to look at this a little bit closely um, before we do to summarize what happens next. So here's the people. We have a captive audience. This miracle has happened. Um, as far as we know, Peter and John, they were on their way to pray. Like this was not some strategic outreach that we know of. They were on their way to pray. And they meet this man, and they give him what they have. And then there is a captive audience. There is a moment where, um, really, what's happened here is just the beginning of what God wants to do. And so they have this captive audience, and it says, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. And they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. So this was this, like, um, colonnade is a fancy term for, like, a big porch area. Um, and uh, that would have been just a little ways away from um, the gate that they had entered into. Okay, so not, a, not very far. But here, all these people come running up, and they want to know what happened. So Peter tells them what happened. Okay, so there's three things. I'm going to summarize what, what uh, Peter shares with them here, because it's a bit long. Um, verse 12, this is what Peter says. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our power or our godliness we had made this man walk? So Peter says, this is not us. This is not us. We did not do this. Okay? So don't be amazed at us. All right? Second thing that Peter says here that's important. Skip ahead to verse 15. Okay, it gets a little bit more personal here. He says, you, you killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name, uh, sorry, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. So, Peter... And John, they, they say, all right, um, it was not us, but we want to tell you who it was. It was Jesus, okay? We didn't do this, but Jesus did. The one whom you crucified, but who didn't stay dead. Really important. Now, as they're saying this, some people probably would already been getting pretty upset. We had a good moment going here. Until Peter starts explaining, look, this is, by, this is the work of the guy that you tried to keep in the grave, but couldn't. All right, it's getting real. It's getting real, real quick. Verse 19, uh, last piece of this that I think is really important. It says this in verse 19, repent, then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And skip ahead to verse 26. Again, he says, When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So it's interesting because Peter's message here, he says, I want to clarify. This message is a message of blessing to you. If you're hearing this right now, this is good news. Central to this message is the, the fact that you need to turn. 
And in fact, it's the blessing of God that we're in your midst today proclaiming that the one that you thought was dead is no longer dead. And in fact, he is here and he's doing what he's always done. Bring life, bring healing, bring wholeness. And that's, that's good news for you today, if you would turn. So that's core to this message that he's preaching to them. All right, you guys following me? Okay. Last part of this, okay. It's a lot of scripture, I know, but follow me. One last part. Um, chapter 4, we're going to go into the beginning of chapter 4 here. So what was their response? It says, the priest and the captain of the temple guard... And the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. And they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Listen to this. But many who heard the message believed. So the people, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Okay, so we had just heard previously 3,000. Add another two to that. So the church is still growing, even as two of their leaders are put in prison. That's a pretty good day. Well, unless you're Peter and uh, John. But I bet they were pretty pumped, actually. Okay, so uh, what does this mean for us? Let's, let's begin to break this down. What do we see here? Um, this, mis- this message, all right, I want to just talk a little bit about how the gospel is spread. Like how the gospel is going to go to the ends of the earth because that was the commission that he gave to these men. He said, I'm sending you. You will be my witnesses. And this message, this good news that you've received, it's going to go. But it's not going to just go by itself. It's going to go because the Spirit comes and empowered by the Spirit, you go. Okay, so there's this, this aspect of the gospel message that is, um, it's, it's in the open. It's, it's accessible, it's out there, it's in the public. That's what witness, in fact, is. is witness is a, is a visible presence. Um, I want to say that, in fact, the gospel, as we need to understand it, it's a hear and see gospel. This is what I mean by that. Jesus, he told his, his disciples this, he said, look... When you go, so he was training them up before they even knew what they were going to be doing eventually. He was training them up. He said, when, when he sent them out, this is what he told them. He said, when you go out, this is what I want you to do. I want you to proclaim the kingdom of God, and I want you to heal the sick. So that people can hear, and so that people can see. Are you with me? And then another place, Jesus says it this way. Just to mix things up a little bit, this is how we're going to do it today. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to heal some people. And then I want you to tell them the kingdom has come near. And they're probably scratching their head. Wait, you said preach and then heal. He said, yeah, I know, but um, now I want you to heal and then preach. See, basically he was saying it doesn't matter how you do it. Bring the healing, then the preach. Or you bring the preaching, then the healing. There is a see and hear nature to this gospel. Are you with me? There's a proclamation and a demonstration to this message. And they go hand in hand. They go together. They're intertwined. And you see it all along the way when Jesus comes. He doesn't just say, hey, by the way, God loves you. He touches those that no one would touch. 
He gets near to the leper when everybody says, stay over there. He sits with the sinners and eats a meal. And I bet he was doing some preaching there too, you know. He liked to make a sermon out of eating. You guys know that? <laughs> the disciples come back, you know that story. We got you some, some bread, Jesus. We got you a sandwich. Uh, I have food that you don't even know about. <laughs> oh, there he goes again. This guy, this guy, right? Yeah. I like, all right, this is the last time we go get you a sub, Jesus. You know, you turn it into a sermon every time. Make us feel bad. Like, we were just trying to get lunch. So, okay, that's Jesus. Proclamation and demonstration went hand in hand. And I think that's why when Jesus came on the scene, what you hear is people were amazed. They said they were amazed at the authority that was in his words. And I think it was because he wasn't just saying things. He was doing things. And he knew when he said something, he meant it. So this message, it's proclamation and it's demonstration. They go hand in hand. And you and I, we, we need the Spirit of God for this very reason. So that our words aren't empty. And so our actions aren't empty. Are you with me? And, and this message is meant to be out in the open. It's meant to be seen. And it's meant to be heard. Okay? So here we see this opportunity. Here we see this moment. Peter... And John, they're on the way to prayer. And I think it wasn't coincidence that they went when they went. It says they went at 3 in the afternoon, which would have been the busiest time. So we don't know if they had something planned. We don't know if they were planning to pray for this guy. Uh, We don't know any of that. But what we do know is they went into a public place at a very busy time. And apparently they were ready for whatever God would have for them. So they see this guy and they're, they're ready they didn't just say, sorry, I don't have any change today. They said, oh, but I got something way better. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> Get up. <laughs> That's a good one. You, wouldn't you like to have that happen? One day, you don't even pray. You just, you just see somebody, and you see the need, and you say, let's fix that. That's a good day. That's faith right there. They were just doing what Jesus did, you know? Jesus did that a lot. Behold, pick up your mat. They were just following Jesus. I'm not there yet. I don't know about you guys. We're just trying to figure out to pray, not if it's your will, Lord. <laughs> we're, we're just starting to pray, right? We're just starting to pray in a way where we're like, God, we believe. So that's a good first step. Maybe one of these days we're going to get to a place where we're like, just let it be done. We're on the way. Amen. We are on the way. I feel it. It's good. It is good. So this message, it's the gospel in the open. It's hear and see. See and hear. And they go hand in hand. Okay? I'm, get, I'm preaching tonight, okay? So I apologize. <laughs> All right. I, I was told, Michelle, I don't have to apologize, so I'll take it back. <laughs> All right. I love this first part, the gospel scene, okay? So they're walking, and, you know, it says that they spent time in the temple courts. We hear later that Paul, he spent a lot of time in the temple courts um, bringing the good news, conversing, um, bringing understanding, uh, maybe even arguing with people at times, um, wrestling um, over this, this message, um, but here we see on the way, 
there's this moment, and it's a moment for the gospel to be seen. It's a moment for the gospel to be seen through the power of the Spirit. And so, here it is, and they heal this man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I believe that this moment, it's not merely a means at getting to something else. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I believe this moment was not something where they say, oh, if we can see this guy walk, then, man, just look what will happen. I don't think that's what happened here. I believe they looked at this man, they saw his need, and with compassion, with the love of Jesus, they said, you need to get up. So I believe if this is the only thing that had happened this day, that would have been enough. It would have been a good day. Are you with me? Okay. But as we often see, when God moves and He does something and and the gospel is seen, there's a ripple effect. There's an overflow. So it starts with one man who's been sitting there day after day after day. And when the gospel hits him, when the good news comes and it's seen that God loves him and it's tangible in his legs and he gets up and he begins to run and praise God. How, how many of you know that he knew God loved him in that moment? Are you with me? Yeah, he knew God loved him and you are going to talk him out of it. And in fact, for the first time, he became a, a worship leader. He was running through the, the, through the courts, praising God. And people were like, isn't that, isn't that Zebediah? Isn't that the guy that used to... No. Oh, yeah, it's him. Yeah, I, I recognize his tennis shoes. That's him. And he's praising God and he's jumping around. And, and so when God moves, often it starts with one, but often it doesn't end there. Um, I remember uh, the first moment for me like that, uh, we were in Peru. It was only my second mission trip, first time to Peru. And we went to this, um, this pretty um, poor village that was a feeder to Lima. Lima has 10 million people. Um, a lot of people will live up to two or three hours outside of the city and commute every day to get a job in Lima. Pretty wild. So we're in this place, and you have a lot of people who have nothing to do, captive audience. So there we were, and we had some really bad songs and, and um, um, dramas. I was part of that. Um, <laughs> I was Jesus in one of the dramas, and uh, it was bad 80s music. It didn't matter. They loved it. They loved it, man. They were like, I've never heard this before, you know? Um, so you could get away with the 80s music. I mean, it wasn't meant to be cool, you know? Now it's meant to be cool here. Uh, so we, we did this drama. We have these people around. And, uh, you know, people were mildly interested. And afterwards, there's a chance to share. And we, we preach the gospel. And we share about how much God loves them. And, and I, I think people were sort of like, okay, well, we like the dance better. We like the song better. Um, we've heard this before. but um, So there we were. And we're um, engaging with people. And, and there's this woman there. And she must have been, I don't know, in her 70s. And um, I, didn't, I came into the time and, and noticed they were beginning to pray for her. I didn't know what was wrong. And, and I hear that, in fact, she um, had lost sight in one of her eyes. And uh, so we began, they were praying for her, praying for her sight to come back. And I, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know you could pray for somebody that way. 
Um, so I was like, oh, I want to see this. And a lot of other people were thinking the same thing. I want to see this. Um, what's going to happen? And, and then in the middle of this moment, she just begins to cry. She begins to weep. And she begins to praise. I'm like, something good must have happened because she's singing. She's smiling. She's like crying. And she says, I can see. That's what I think she said in Spanish. I can see. And there we were, and we're just like, wow. I mean, that was, that was the first time I had seen a, a miracle. That was a pretty good first miracle to see. <laughs> so there we are, and this woman just begins to praise God, begins to give him glory. She's crying. I mean, you didn't have to know what was going on to know something was going on. And, and actually that just caused this ripple effect. And all these people who had been just hanging around and not really interested began to just line up and say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? And uh, the sun was going down, and we had like 20 people, and none of our team had ever prayed for anybody for healing before. We'd never done any training. We, we had no clue. <laughs> so we're all looking at Pastor Roger, who's leading this thing. Oh, what do we do? And he's like, all right, we're just going to put people in groups and just go one-on-one and just begin to pray, begin to ask God. And so we did. And so we prayed for every single person. And, and the line just kept growing. And the sun went down and we prayed till after dark. Um, and I even got to pray for a guy. And I had no clue what I was praying. I had no clue what he was saying. I just knew his stomach hurt. And so we prayed for him. Um, and then he says, I'm feeling better. I'm like, okay, thanks for making me feel better. You know, one of those things. Um, and like, bless you. I had no clue. Five days later, that guy brought his whole family to the church because God healed him. So there was this ripple effect. There was this unfolding from one moment. And often when the gospel is seen that way, that's what happens. So the gospel has to be seen. It has to be seen. And it has to be heard. It has to be heard. And we see in this moment, Peter has a captive audience. Not necessarily a compliant audience, but he's a captive audience. He says, you know what? What you've seen, I'm going to tell you what it means. I want you to hear. I want you to hear this good news. I want you to hear this message. So someone asked, why do we need miracles? What's the purpose of them? Uh, often in, in Scripture, they're called signs. It's because miracles are not enough in themselves. Miracles are not the whole picture. They're not the gospel. They're part of the gospel. And they're pointing us towards something. Sign points towards something that's important. And in this case, miracles, signs, in the gospel, they point to Jesus. And so when Peter, he's got this captive audience, and they saw what happened, and they're like, wow. He says, well, I want you to know, this, it's not pointing to us. It's not something we did. And anybody who knew them would have known. Yeah, that's true. He says, it's, it's Jesus. It's the one who was resurrected. The one that you thought you killed, and that was it. He's the one that did this. And I know you don't want to hear it, but that's what happened. <laughs> that's the way it is. And in fact, it's his resurrected life that can give you new life. At the center of this message... The thing that separates you and I, the things that separated them, 
It, it was the resurrection. So when we come to this part of this message having to be heard, you and I, you know, we, we can do a lot of good things. We can even do miracles. But you know, none of that is what separates us. So, you know, there's a lot of people who do a lot of good things in our world. That's not what distinguishes us. So if only, it's only good things that we do. <laughs> We're just going to washed out. And in fact, there's a lot of people who do probably way better things than you and I are able to do. And it's not even miracles. You realize it's not the miraculous that is the distinguishing factor for you and I. Jesus himself said, there'll be people who do miracles. And I'll say, I never knew you. I don't know how that works, but he says it's possible. So it's not even the miraculous in their midst that distinguishes them. It's not the miraculous in our midst that distinguishes us. You know what it is? It is the resurrected Christ. It is Jesus and his presence living, alive and active in our midst and in our hearts that separates us. And we, we need to let that be the thing that we hang it all on. That needs to be the thing that the signs all point to. That needs to be the thing when you love somebody on the street and they're like, what is this? It's him. It's got to be him. And people need to know it. So I, I feel like there's this thing for all of us here, and I'm feeling it for myself even. It's just like whatever God's called you to and, and whatever ways he's called you to live out faithfully towards him, just make sure that in that you're pointing it back. You're pointing it to Him. Because otherwise, your good works, they really don't mean anything. Otherwise, even miracles, they don't really mean anything if they're not pointing to the resurrected Christ. And it's the resurrection that separates us. That marks us. Are you with me? Yeah. I knew you were. (laughs) I just get used to asking that. It's not our good works. It's not the miraculous, it's the resurrection. And that's what they point to. And that's what we need to point to. Look, and I, let's just keep it real. That's not a very popular proclamation, is it? People be good all day with you handing out food. Doing service projects. Maybe even praying for them. But when it comes down to it, it's like, what is the difference? What is it that, that is, what do you have? And you say, it's Jesus? There's a lot of people that aren't going to be too happy with that. And I'm encouraged. You know why I'm encouraged? Because this book, Acts, a lot of people read it and might say, you know, it just sounds too good to be true. But you realize that they kept it real here. And in the middle of this message, you realize, yes, there was 2,000 that came in to the family that day. But John and Peter went to prison because they faithfully preached the message. And so what is the fruit of God moving? The fruit of God moving might be 2,000 people, but it also might be someone slams the door in your face. It might be some people are in awe and amazed and moved, but it might be some people are really upset, disturbed. That's what happened here. Are we okay with that? Are we? I don't know. I don't know if I'm okay with that a lot of the time. You know, I think a lot of us were really relational. 
And sometimes the relationship thing can keep us from saying what we need to say because we're worried about how it will be received. And I just know if we do it in love, it, we can't control how it's received, but we can control how it's given. If we do it in love, that's what matters, you know? All right, I'm going to wrap up some application for us. Is Jesus being seen and heard in our lives? Is he being seen and heard in our lives? Now, this is really fun. We get to live this thing out. It's not stuck on the pages. That's pretty awesome. You can pray for anybody you want tomorrow. You should probably ask them for permission first. But you can do that. Is Jesus being seen and heard? That's your call. That's my call. We've been set apart for a purpose. We have this good, good news. And we know a good, good Father. So why wouldn't we want to share that? How and where are opportunities for Jesus to be seen? For Him to be heard? I just know if we ask Him and we're willing, (laughs) He's going to open the floodgates for that. And I do believe He wants to call us deeper into that. And I believe by His Spirit He will empower us to do it. Are you with me? So let's just pray a prayer. Are we willing to do that? Can we pray a prayer tonight? I just want us to pray a prayer in the same vein as what we sang earlier and what I shared about offering. You know, let's not take for granted what we have. Let's not take for granted the positions, the platform, the brains, the people that God's put around us. And if we really do believe that every good thing we have comes from Him, then that should really change the way we walk in those moments. And uh, it may not always be fun, but uh, I know he, He can do some amazing things in that. So let's just pray for a minute. And I want us to just ask God, where, where in my life do you need to be more visible? Where in my life do people need to hear about you? And what have you given me? What have you given me as good gifts that you want me to give back and surrender in obedience in love?